Hello and welcome to One Up in Events podcast, the events industry podcast that shares event professionals' experiences of what they have gone through that has helped them one up in their events career. This podcast is a fun and informal way to learn from industry peers and I hope inspires you to one up in your career too. I'm your host, event professional and influencer, Nicola Root. And for today, my first recording is with the wonderful Narmeen Cameron. Narmeen is such a sensation. She is driven, a kind human being and is the ultimate girl boss. She is an advocate for all things events with a focus, drive and passion on well-being, mental health, diversity and personal development. Not only is Narmeen a fellow podcast host for Desert Island Events, for those of you that haven't listened yet, please subscribe to Desert Island Events. Narmeen is also the founder of Hospo Masks and Hospo Book Club. Wow. Welcome, Narmeen, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Nicola. I don't think I've ever had such a brilliant introduction before. Can you write all of my introductions from now on? <laughs> I think I might have to. I was stumbling on my words there. You've just, you're just incredible, and you've done so much, and a real inspiration to event profs, so thank you very much. And I cannot wait to hear about all of the experiences that you've gone through that has made you one up in your events career. I have a feeling there's going to be many, but today it'll be great just to focus on what three experiences have you been through that's made you one up in your events career to date? Okay, so my three experiences aren't conventional. Well, two of them aren't at least. So my first one, do you want me to go through them one by one or shall I just list them all and then give you the explanation? Um, Let's go one by one. Let's keep, let's, you know, I have a sense of surprise. Okay, brilliant. So my first one is definitely non-traditional. So, well, in terms of one-upping, and that would be having a diverse background because I actually started in the hospitality industry. Oh my gosh, so that's amazing. But you do find a lot of people have obviously have started another career and have sort of transcended over, you know, moved over into the events industry. But I'd say hospitality sort of does go hand in hand with events but what were you doing how did it how did you start in hospitality oh it absolutely does and I think because of that it made me a lot stronger so previously I was working in bars and restaurants I was an assistant general manager for a venue and because I've had that food and drink experience it obviously really helped me within my events career and planning events and being on site and staffing but also I was already running events when I was in these venues. So I've done things for the Danish Embassy. I've done things for the FA Premier League launch. And this was whilst I was still in hospitality as a GM and so on. You must have gained like such incredible experience doing that. So actually, even though you started in hospitality, you're pretty much an event manager, but just in a, a different section of the events industry. Yeah, I mean... I didn't study events. I know a lot of people, I, I didn't even know events management was a degree. I sort of fell into hospitality whilst I was studying and never got out and then fell into the events industry. But I think working from hospitality made me realise how much I love events. And one of the key things from that is that I learned how to deal with people and customer service. Because again, it's not just planning events, you are face to face with customers and clients. And having to deal with a volume of requests at a time, prioritising things. And I think that definitely gave me some skills which helped me in my events career. No, definitely. And what would you say, what were the sort of key takeaways in that experience that's made you sort of one up in your career? 
Oh, uh, probably the customer isn't always right. I mean, you can definitely be firm with them. Um, Yeah, don't be afraid to stand your ground. Double checking order sheets, rotors, everything, you know, those are things that we use in events as well, you know, suppliers and so on. So I already had that sort of relationship and account management experience in dealing with that. So that was definitely good. And where did you go to university? Were you working in these bars and venues in the UK? I studied at DMU up in Leicester. I actually studied history, but I was actually sports editor at the university paper. So I did actually consider a career in journalism at one point. That doesn't surprise me that you've got your fingers (laughs) in all the pies. Yeah. I mean, one of my greatest accomplishments, which I used to have on my bio, but it's quite outdated now, was that I was shortlisted for a National Journalism Award back in 2015. (laughs) Well, this is all brilliant because I don't know if those of you that follow Narmeen, make sure you are. She's incredible. She's actually starting to write a book, (laughs) which is, I'm so excited and I cannot wait to read. I don't know. Can you delve in too much detail on that? Yeah, I can. It's basically a book about mental health. So as you mentioned in my introduction, I'm a big advocate for mental health. And one of the reasons why is because of my own struggles. It's stemming back from like 2015. I've been struggling with anxiety and depression. I had a breakdown back in 2019. I'm glad to hear that. It's hard, but I think what you're doing, it's incredible. And I think you're so brave to be be writing about it. It's such an important topic, especially in the world we are currently living in. Can't wait to, to read it. I too have struggled with anxiety and depression too. So it's horrible, but I'm hoping, yeah, we're both at the other side now. Fingers crossed. So what would be your second experience that you feel has made you one of So the second experience is a traditional one. It is a big event that I did. So back in 2017, I went to Turkmenistan, a country that a lot of people haven't heard of. <laughs> so it's part of the former USSR in Central Asia. So I was out there for about two months. Oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. How did you get that gig or how did you apply for that? It was just the company I was working for at the time, casually. They had a contract to do some of the staffing out there. And the the event, sorry, I should actually mention, was the 5th Asian and Indoor Martial Arts Games, which is a part of the Olympics. So we flew over there. I was originally supposed to be one of the venue managers for you know, the Olympic site, but there was a small change. And I went from being a venue manager to actually being like one of the operations coordinators, a team of six in charge of the 200 people we took out there for the event. So I was the first one to fly out there and the last one to fly back. We all did um, different stints of time. So obviously being part of the operations, I was out there quite a long time. And I think that was just incredible because there was just so many responsibilities, accommodation, transport. We had so many different areas of work, the operational logistics of it all, looking after the client and then the client's clients in all the different venues. I mean, I walked a lot. <laughs> I was hitting those 10,000 steps. And funnily enough, because it was so warm out there as well, I got a tan line on my watch. And I still have that tan line to today. It sort of just never come, sorted itself out. What would you think, what was your best bit about working on the Turkmenistan? I don't know. It were, I think, just the scale of it all and operationally. I mean, we were working like 16-hour days, 20-hour days, seven days a week almost. So I just think 
it just made me learn a lot about doing such a big project because you know how many times do you get to do such a international large scale project and I think that just taught me so much about operations logistics I thought I knew about client management obviously that taught me a whole lot more staff management yeah it was it was really really interesting I think I just learned so much from that one experience you're saying if you're working so many hours you know seven days a week I know many of us event professionals have been there what what sort of what sort of kept you going or how did you ensure that you were having enough rest and things like that or is it just adrenaline you just you just kept going or do you have any sort of tips or key points the walking helped just because we were being so active obviously the weather was really nice so that definitely improved our moods definitely eating as well so just making sure we were definitely getting a lot of water and food in us as well and funnily enough so where we were based there wasn't actually any place to get food in the satellite village where the staff work so we had to walk all the way um, across the olympic site to a shopping mall to get food but the athletes village right next door we had chefs working in there and so obviously they just they look after you, don't they? So I had food coming in <laughs> from them. I would make friends with somebody in catering or hospitality. And that's what we were doing, catering, hospitality, venue management. So we had it all sorted. The other thing was, you know, it's a foreign country. There's a lot of rules. How did you find that? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like we had to learn a lot. You know, I've never been to a country where like, you know, the president's passing. So you have to shut all the windows and close your curtains um, and you're not allowed to leave the building until the car passes. So it was very, very interesting. And then it's a very closed off country as well. But it was a really, really good experience, you know, just getting out there and we did have breaks as well. You know, there was really nice five-star hotels. So, you know, we try and once a week all have like an afternoon off and just head to a pool just to decompress. That sounds amazing. Thank you for that. That sounds like such an incredible experience. You've sold it to me. There was definitely one more positive there as well. So um, I, I obviously I got to see some of the sports. I, I tried to make time to see some of the sports. But the only ones I did actually go to see was a cousin of mine actually plays tennis for Pakistan. So I went to see his matches and then we all went out for dinner together, me and the Pakistan cricket team. Oh, my my granddad would be so jealous. He absolutely loves cricket. I need to tell him that. I need to make sure he's listening to this. He lost, so I'm not sure I'm allowed to go to any more matches. (laughs) That's amazing that you got to do some sport as well. That's really incredible. Thank you for sharing that. And lastly, is your third experience that you've been through? So this is very, very not expected. I don't know if this will be a surprise, but my redundancy, losing my job in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I know a lot of people probably listening have had to go through something similar and it has been a very scary year for all of us. But you, it seems you haven't let that bring you down. <laughs> You've been doing this. this. is probably why this is a one-up for you, because I'll let you, I'll let you explain. Sorry. Yeah. So um, obviously I was hoping to finally get that promotion in 2020. I overcame all my mental health problems and came off medication back in December 2019. So really ready to you know make 2020 my year and then obviously we had the pandemic 
I got put on furlough, did a lot of charity work. That's when I started hospital masks as well to give back to the industry. And then after all of that, I got made redundant. And obviously that was really, really hard to hear. But I think the hardest thing was obviously like I understand it's pandemic. There's, you know, there's no work in the events industry right now. Everyone is struggling. But I think some of the things that were said really, really like got to me. And that's what, you know, made me like grow stronger. Like for a moment, I did get down. I was like, oh my God, what? (laughs) This is not true. And I think for anyone going through something like that, you know, being in a pandemic, having mental health issues in the past that you've just overcome, and then being told, oh, you're a supervisor at best, or you've got limited hospitality experience. And for me, I was like, well, that's not true. I know what experience I have and I'm not going to let my value and my worth be determined by, you know, someone that that shouldn't be determining that. No, definitely. Good on you. I love as well that you, yeah, you've seen it sort of as an opportunity. And I think that's really important because so many people have, uh, it's been tough and, you know, imposter syndrome kicks in. But I absolutely love that you've kept your why and seen the value that you bring and and kept going and have created some amazing side hustles I love following you and and your side hustles so what made you come up with the idea to do the hospo masks so this is so I was looking after the um scrubs campaign so when people were making scrubs for the local hospitals so I was project managing our local area whilst on furlough And I knew obviously how affected people in our industry were because of lockdown and the pandemic. And I wanted to do something to help. And we were going to start making masks for the dialysis patients at the hospital. And I thought, oh, I'd like to try and make some masks as well. So I got the sewing machine out, didn't work, had to get a new one. (laughs) It was my mum's. And then I learned to sew face masks. I gave a couple to some friends. They posted about it. I thought, okay, maybe I should just sell them to raise money for charity. And that's all I did. I just posted it on Instagram. People started putting orders in in my DMs. And then, you know, about two months later, I'd raised 1,800, over 1,800 pounds for three charities. And then I lost my job (laughs) and then I stopped. (laughs) With the redundancy, it's obviously like I had big plans for 2020. And it's not just oh, I lost my job. But also like I ha- I have, I had the ambitions, I had the goals, like I'd recovered from my mental health issues. Like I, I want, I knew where I was going. Obviously, like the route has changed, but the destination is still the same. You know, total event world domination. I think that's you and me both, right? I would say, yeah. <laughs> so that sort of, just pushed me to be like well no I shouldn't be listening to what other people say because I know what I'm worth so whilst I was just going for just a holiday basically I came up with the idea for the book club and podcast and it's all about like mindset as well it helped me change the way I see things and it gave me motivation to you know take me to where I want to be that's incredible I love you've you've turned that all around and everything you're doing to remain positive and making a change and a difference and motivating other event professionals so thank you and well done 
Yeah, I want to work with you. Come work with me. I'd love to. I think I also have like a small half point, like with the redundancy, it's all linked to the pandemic, but also the community. Like I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met any of like the goal getters or, you know, there's so many people in our industry that we've just come together. And I think that's definitely been inspiring as well is actually having such a supportive community of industry professionals around me from all different parts of the industry and all just supporting each other and I think that's also given me a lot of inspiration and motivation to do what I do. I definitely I love you just mentioned Tsunamine and I belong to Event Goal Getters which is founded by the incredible Juliet Tripp just to give her a little shout out there and that's how that's how we've become friends so thank you. Yeah, if anybody wants to hear more about that, just get in touch with us. It has changed my life. I don't think I would have got through 2020 without you guys and that community, to be honest. It's, um, it's yeah, it's just been really lovely. It's been so, so good. And I highly recommend it to anyone listening. No, amazing, Norman. Thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences. Yeah, they were absolutely wonderful. And I hope everybody can learn something from that. No, I mean, if people want to follow you, what is your Instagram and Desert Island? Yeah, I am I am on all the social media. Um, so my handle is at events Narmeen. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, also Narmeen Cameron on LinkedIn. That's got all the links to my other projects, but generally you can just search at Hospo Book Club or at Desert Island Events for the podcast and the book club. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nicola. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of One Up in Events with Nicola Root, I would love you to rate, review and subscribe. Apparently, it helps others know that we exist. I'd like to thank my amazing editor and producer, Emma Reevely, my incredible social media manager, Anisha Mayju, and my amazing fiancé, Brooke One Up, for creating the music introduction. And of course, a massive thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening. It means so much.